Money FM 89.3, the best of Saturday mornings. All right. Hey, let's move on to our, our next guest in studio today. Lynn Shu is the Director of Strategic Communications and Digital at the National Heritage Board. We are talking about uh, a report that came out kind of overlooking what the highlights were for 2023 for the NHB, uh, the findings from their Heritage Awareness Survey, and what we can all expect from the amazing things that the NHB does uh, throughout the year here in Singapore. Lynn, good morning and welcome to the show. Hi, morning, everybody. Great to have Thanks you. Thanks for with having us. me. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for coming out on a Saturday morning. And first of all, let's let's take just a quick look back. What were some of the findings of your Heritage Awareness Survey? Are what did you want to know from the people taking the survey? Uh, basically, it's a survey that we do once every two years, mm. and it's really to help us understand how people actually feel about heritage, about their history, and how much they think that um, it actually resonates with them. So that's what the whole survey really does. So it, it actually asks different questions about, for example, our museums. Do you like it? Do you go to the museums? How do you feel about our tangible heritage? Basically, the buildings, the national monuments around us. How do you feel about our intangible cultural heritage? That's a mouthful for even us as well. So we've been trying to educate Singaporeans what intangible cultural heritage is. What's an example yeah. of that? Yeah, so basically customs, practices, traditions. So if I may, um, Chinese New Year, just lohe. That itself, it's mm. uh, intangible cultural heritage. Right. Yeah. Right. So Rangoli for the for the inner community, that's intangible cultural heritage. So basically, the practices and traditions that people carry out. In fact, in terms of buildings, right? It's also about the stories that this build that these buildings hold. Mm. So these stories are actually like the soul of these buildings. They're intangible, but they're equally as important to you know telling about the history of the building. So that's yeah. what we mean. So we've been trying to get people to understand that very long term. Uh, and in short, it's our living heritage. Mm. I think that's a, that's actually a bit more palatable to audiences. Uh, and what did you find? Yeah. What were some of the results? Yeah, do, yeah. We ca- so, do we care about do our we heritage? Care? Yeah, that's the key. Do yes, we, we do. Care? And apparently we did better this time than the last two years. So 86% of people agreed that they have a better understanding and appreciation of our heritage and that leads to them understanding and um, about their belonging to Singapore. Mm. So that's a, that's a good result for us. It was an 11% increase from the last time. Yeah, so that's, that's, that's good for nice. us. Um, and all the while, we have actually realized that heritage tends to resonate a little bit more at a community level. Mm. Meaning that I think it's quite, it, it's quite natural. When you meet your family, you meet um, people from the same community in your neighborhood and all that, you, 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 you will tend to gather and talk and reminisce about the past, about history, about heritage. So that's more natural. What we've been trying to get people to do is to understand heritage on a more personal level. Yeah, so that's where our intangible cultural heritage or living heritage comes in. So a lot of times we realize that people don't realize that they're actually um, engaging in our heritage, even though they're doing it every day. For example, going to the temple itself for some Mm. Chinese. Mm. That is actually intangible cultural heritage. So these are things that are not very obvious in your daily life, but actually these are things that are customs and practices that you do want to pass out to the next generation. We're talking with Lin Shu, the Director of uh, Strategic Communications and Digital Heritage for the National Heritage Board. Did you see a difference in ages of, uh, you know, younger or older people caring less or more in in Singapore? Do you get down to that kind of granularity with your survey? It does go down to demographics. Um, But I would just give some, maybe some broad views about Mm. how we feel. Um, I think for, for, for different age groups, seniors, for example, I think for them, it's a bit more natural mm. to, to relate to history and heritage. I think in that stage of life that they're at, it's, it's just easier for them to relate. And they love to share stories about the past, for example. 
I think for youth and the younger people, and we, we actually have this youth heritage blueprint that we're working on with a group of youth. Uh, in all honesty, I think not just um, NHB, but other government institutions as well, we find it a bit difficult to get to the youth. I think it's not it's, it's a common issue because they have a lot of other things to distract them on. So I think for them, it's trying to help them um, not tell them what their history and heritage is, you know, not, not, not spoon-feeding them, but perhaps having different ways of entry and um, mm. getting them to understand heritage in different manner. Mm. So, for example, uh, as part of this um, uh, blueprint we're doing, we're actually engaging this um, youth panel so they are all used in them. We're trying to ask them, how do we get to the youth today? How do we get them interested in our history and heritage? So um, I think we're working with them on a social media campaign that's coming about. It's called My First Love. Hmm. I think it can be interpreted in many different ways. It could be romance. It could be my first love with an item, for example, an uh, object that I, I you know, bought for myself after hmm. I got some money, for example. So it could be many, many, actually many different things. So I think for the youth, we do have to think out of the box hmm. and think differently on how we want to engage them. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's very different from seniors. You yeah. said something fascinating then, Lynn. Yeah. You said you don't just want to tell young people. Yeah. I'm a huge advocate of this um, mm. show, not tell. Is, yes. is, and the tour I recently did uh, this week, the Battle of Singapore cycling tour, yeah. that to me is a wonderful example where you are showing Singaporeans rather than just rather boringly telling them. You are showing them. You are yes. actively going on the trails. You are following the paths that our brave soldiers took in the final days before the fall of Singapore. Is that something you're thinking about more? More tactile experiences? Definitely. For young Singaporeans. Yeah, so more experiential. Mm. Yeah, so it's really, um, for example, Battle for Singapore has always been well known for bringing people to lesser known sites. Yes. Sites that they, they probably can't go in their everyday life. Mm. So that's one part of it. But yes, I, I, I mean, it, it, it is that really showing them and maybe doing different things to show them. Mm. So not just a typical guided tour. It's a cycling tour, for example. Yeah. yeah. It could be through storytelling. Okay. It could be using different mediums as well to get to the younger people. Like you're doing currently, I think, at the Battle Box. You've got this tremendous yes. immersive yes. experience yes. going on at the Battle yes. Box, which yes. I think would really appeal That's right. to young people. That's right. So we really do have to think quite differently in how we want to bring heritage to them. Even in exhibitions, yeah. it's not just about the artifacts anymore. Mm. I mean, that is the skeleton and core of mm. our national collection, right? Of course, that's our pride and joy. Mm. Uh, but it's also about how do you do the storytelling of experiences? So, for example, yeah. a lot of digital interactives, immersive, having rooms with, you know, for example, trying to um, bring to life the past, let's yeah. say. Even Instagram-worthy moments in the exhibition. You have to have those. You yes. have to, right? So the entire, the entire definition of making of an exhibition has changed over the years as well. Mm. And the museums are realizing that our museums here and they're doing that very well as well so we had like off on a digital exhibition just not too long ago at the National Museum so even different exhibitions we had to use different ways to reach out to different audiences yeah. so let's say text panels right so maybe a senior will come and like oh I you know do enjoy reading that and going to the kind of detail <clears throat> but for a younger person it could be listening to something an audio for example an mm. oral history recording yeah, yeah, so it's it's a layered experience mm. in an exhibition, not no longer just a singular one, and also getting people to come to their own conclusions. Mm. You know, not telling them what. Exa- I mean, we will present the facts, of course. History is history. However, perspectives are different. We're talking to yeah. Lin Shu of the National Heritage Board. You know, I'm I'm amazed every now and then I'll talk to a Singaporean and I'll mention something about the battle box, Neil. You just mentioned or whatever, and and I'm I'm actually shocked that more often than not Singaporeans don't know 
what some of these places are or have never been to them. And I think things like recently we had uh, Di Chia on from the National Gallery talking about the light tonight. Oh, yes. And yes. and just getting people out and engaging with the history of Singapore by showing amazing, immersive uh, media experiences on the walls, on the outside walls of of the uh, Victoria Theater or, yeah. or the National Gallery, etc. Like, I think these are interesting ways as well to engage. I know that wasn't necessarily an NHB project, but um, I, I think you're right. In, you have to bring people to these experiences mm. in different ways, yes. and especially if you want a younger uh, audience involved. Yeah. So I think that's absolutely the right way to look at this challenge. But I think it is still a challenge. It is, it is. So it's so those festivals work very well for younger audiences, mm-hmm. right? Because it's very IG-worthy. You can take your camera out. You take great photos. Right. <laughs> but it's not just about these big-scale festivals. They're very important to us. And we, we, we actually run the Singapore Night Festival mm. as well as the Singapore Heritage Festival annually. But we do try to go deeper into the neighbourhoods as well. Mm. So we have what, I, I think you might have heard about it, the Street Heritage Corner yeah, we had they them on last show. I'm a gallery. huge advocate. Yeah. I've yes. been to the ones in Little India. Ah, the family, the yep, the family-run yeah. businesses and exactly. the history. You you make it personable and personal yeah. to the average Singaporean. Yeah. We talked about Katong uh, last yes. week. Yeah, Katong yeah. 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 right? Yeah. So yeah. that's that's the newest um, edition of the gallery. Yeah. So yeah. that really is little pop-up museums, you know, within spaces and establishments that Singaporeans would go to on an everyday basis. Mm. Chicken rice, for example, Loiki chicken rice at Balestia. You know, things like that. So um, I think we just want them to chance upon these things and realize that, oh, okay, it's not just about the food, right? It's about these establishments, these heritage businesses that have been around for some time. Yeah, and that there's a story behind them. Mm. You know, how did the family come to the, this day? You know, what were the struggles they had to go through, for example, yeah. over the times? So these are, I, I guess, a bit more unexpected ways that we do want to approach heritage and history to mm. bring it to the everyday Singaporean. I love that. I mean, a good example would be the Topayu Heritage Tour that I did Ah. with you guys. As I've said before, I was very snobbish. You know, I've written (laughs) books about Topayu. There's nothing you can't tell me. You thought you knew everything. But not only did they do that, (laughs) I'm a huge advocate of the people's history, social history, full disclosure. I studied it at university. So, but what I like about the Topayu Tour, for example, Mm -hmm. when you go to the Topayu Town Park, they don't just say there's an observation tower. They will say that's where many young, maybe your parents had their wedding photos and they will show you the wedding photos and anybody listening to this show i guarantee someone in their family at some point (laughs) had their wedding photos at that tower when you do that when you make it relatable and you say this could have been your grandparents or your aunts or your uncles it just hope opens up a whole new world for singaporeans i feel that's right. Um, it makes it more relatable. Yeah. And as I mentioned earlier, it's not just about the tangible structure or the building, right? Behind it and within it, there's so many stories to tell. And everybody has a different story. Every family has a different story as well. So that's what we're trying to bring out. Uh, speaking of heritage shows, we do have a new one coming up. It's our 24th Heritage Trail. So we have 24 around wow. the island. Yeah, so it's actually the Changi Heritage Trail. Oh, great. Oh, yeah, so fun. Changi. So I, I guess for Changi... Yeah, many Singaporeans would think that like you know Changi a lot about it. Changi Village area? Yeah, Changi Village, Changi mm-hmm. Airport, oh, um, the, the bases, the, 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 the barracks and all that. So I guess the military and the security history is yeah. something that's a bit more well-known. Yeah, yeah, we have Changi Prison there as well, right? Of course. But I think we do want to bring the lesser-known side of Changi to people as well. That There were one plant, plantations there, for example. These are things that you don't see anymore, of course. Mm-hmm. Right? Plantations there. There were kampongs there in the past. So, And I yeah. think there were also some pre-colonial maritime trade routes. Mm. So that's what the trail will actually touch on. But besides that, I think you would know that we will try to layer that with um, 
people's stories of Changi. Mm. How was it living there in a kampong in the past? So was it like an Orang Lao type sea trade area as well? Uh, you know, the that kind I of sea people. do have to check on that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not quite sure, but I mean, it would make sense, right? That part of the yes, island. That's where yes, they had to come if yes. they were coming from but Indonesia. But that was more around the rivers. Of, of yeah, Singapore. but yeah. Inland, they come through that inland. way to get to the river. I don't know. I know it's yeah, always I'm been it's always sure. been more of a fishing community. Yeah. Changi village history yeah. is more of a angling. But uh, to to your point, I've always found. Uh, both Changi Village fascinating, unique, and slightly, in inverted commas, neglected in the sense that not enough oh. people go there. There yeah. is nowhere like Changi mm. Village yes. in Singapore. Indeed. It's got this weird, not weird, fantastic mix of sort of mixed-use buildings, only two, three stories high, but yeah. still families living there. It's by the, it's by the sea. By the sea. The yeah. yeah. So you've got that angling community yes. vibe. But you've also got a very traditional Chinese and Malay element to it that I like. I think this is fabulous. Yeah. Uh, so it's our upcoming new trip. Is that one ready or not, not yet? yet? Not yet. Not yet. Later 20, this year. Later this year. This year. So yeah. what else are your plans for 2024? Nice. You've collated all this feedback. You yeah. know what Singaporeans want. So what are you giving them? I think I mentioned quite a number, but at the museums, we do have quite a bit coming up as well. Mm. Mm. So the Asian Civilizations Museum, they have two very special exhibitions coming out this year. Oh. One is called Fukusa in April. So that talks about um, silk Japanese gift wrappings or covers. Oh. Yeah, so um, for ACM, what we call the museum ACM, it, they do a lot of material culture, for example, fashion mm-hmm. and all that. Um, it's very different from the National Museum, which tells more about our national history and our story. Mm-hmm. So we have that coming up. And we have um, Pagoda Odyssey as well later this year. So it's a collection of 84 hand-carved model pagodas reunited hmm. for the first time in more than a century at wow. the ACM. Yeah, wow, so that's yeah, interesting. So that's at the ACM. And at the National Museum, I mean, we have our um, reunion space, we call it. It's a purpose-built space for actually seniors to come and gather and do activities and talk and have conversations at the museum. A very nice bakery there as well. Shout gotta out to he, our you bakery Barra. Yeah, yeah exactly. have to have food. Yeah, mm. so, so, so it's a nice place for that. Uh, and this year they have this, um, I don't know if you know the acclaimed photographer, Sagaldo. He's mm. going to do an exhibition on Amazonia there next, uh, uh, this coming year as well. Yeah. Mm. So a lot awesome. happening at the museums. Yeah. So many things going on. Lynn, thank you so much. This has really, really been interesting. And um, if, if you could, like, especially for the younger generation that may not be tapping into uh, history in a certain way, what would be one piece of advice for that you might give to somebody to really start to get to know Singapore's cultural heritage? What could they do to, to, to explore that? I know you have a website and yeah. you get different things, but how, how do they really tap into it? I guess to look really beyond the expected and ordinary to look beyond their textbooks as well. I mean, the textbooks are great. They give them um, a base and a, a, a basic understanding of our history, but really to keep an open mind and not just think about history as something that's within your books, you know, something that you, yeah. you, you have to study as a subject, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's about living and having, having go through it, experiencing it. Uh, I would say so have them talk more with their family members, mm. especially the older ones. I mean, sometimes in our day-to-day life, right, we are so busy, we don't get to have proper conversations. Mm-hmm. But just a very simple conversation starter. Ask your grandparent, you mm. know, for example, what was it like in the past? Exactly. Where do you stay? These are very easy questions that you will find out a lot of other things that you probably wouldn't have known, despite, you know, 
thinking that you know too much about your family history. So I would say just this small little gestures and small little things that you can do in everyday life. Nothing too big. Of course, yes, please do come to our museums as well. Mm. Yeah, when, it, when, when we have exhibitions and all that. But really, it's about everyday history and heritage so that's true. around you. Also. I remember yeah. asking awesome. my yeah. grandmother, my late grandmother, yes. about her experiences of World War Two, And it sounds yeah. like she spent most of her time with American servicemen. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, that was my grandmother. But I want to finish by asking you, yeah, sure. what is your personal favourite, mm. whether it's a trail, a place, mm. a destination, something that really resonates with you in Singapore? Maybe it's a personal history, a family connection, a place you grew up. Which of the trails or NHB sites do you really like? Myself? Mm. Um, no, there are actually too many. I mean, there are different sites for different reasons and purposes as well. But I grew up in Amokyo. Mm-hmm. So there's the Amokyo Heritage Trail. Yeah, there is. Yeah. So when I went on it, I was like, okay, I mean, you would think that you know too much about Amokyo like you did with Topayo, <laughs> right? Then I realised that, oh, there were sites that I never knew. I mean, we got to go up to a block of flats that usually you won't be able to see the, you know, uh, the actual site of it there. So, um, yeah, and of course, our national monuments as well. There are a lot in where we actually have our office. I mean, like the Victoria Concert Hall, mm-hmm. um, National Museum of Singapore, I mean, these are all grand names, you know, um, but really it's about the stories within yeah. them. So even in our day-to-day work, right, we will tend to uncover things that we thought that we, we, we knew haven't been NHB for some time as well. But all these different offerings that we have do give you a different um, view and different um, way of looking at things. And yeah. you think, that, oh, I thought I knew this, but actually maybe not anymore. So that, that, that challenge is one that's, that, that's awesome in the, in, in, in the role that we do. And I think I speak for many of my colleagues out there as mm. well. That's great. Lynn, it still bothers me to this day that he told me that Topayo was known as old Chicago. Chicago town. Chicago town. And I never knew, and it still upsets me. But it's great to keep learning. Yeah, that's right. right. Lynn, thank you for being with us. Lynn Hsu, the Director of uh, Strategic Communications and Digital at the National Heritage Board. Appreciate your time today. Come back and see us again. Thank you for having me. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.